The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines, the commercial airline the U.S. military trusts to perform maintenance on its aircraft. Learn more at deltatakingaction.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 25th. In today's news, the CIA director listens to audio of Jamal Khashoggi's death provided by Turkish intelligence. President Trump keeps using his personal iPhones, even though he's been told that the Chinese and Russians are definitely listening to all his calls. And the Dow plunges more than 600 points, wiping out the market's 2018 gains. But first, the big idea. The discovery of five pipe bombs mailed to prominent Democrats, CNN, and a liberal billionaire have put the country on edge and sent law enforcement officials scrambling to prevent any more packages from reaching their intended targets. The hunt for a serial mail bomber began late Tuesday night, when Secret Service personnel conducting standard mail screenings found a pipe bomb inside a plain manila envelope with a bubble-wrapped interior addressed to Hillary Clinton. A similarly packaged bomb was found hours later in mail addressed to Barack Obama. Now, neither bomb got close to its intended target, and neither contained a written message. But the twin discoveries led to other undetonated devices being found elsewhere. Packages were also discovered in the mailroom at CNN's New York headquarters and the congressional office of Debbie Wasserman Schultz, a former chair of the Democratic National Committee. The packages used as a return address Wasserman Schultz's office. That meant that when one package was sent to former Attorney General Eric Holder using a wrong address, it was then, quote, returned to sender, which meant it was sent to Wasserman Schultz's office in Florida. On Wednesday night, the FBI issued a statement saying that investigators found two additional packages, both addressed to Congresswoman Maxine Waters, that are similar in appearance to the others. Last night, at a rally in Wisconsin, President Trump appeared to make a show of behaving civilly. He was relatively subdued as he spoke and interrupted himself several times to point out that he was, quote, trying to be nice. He took no responsibility for his own role in contributing to the country's civic discourse. As part of a larger national effort to bridge our divides and bring people together, the media also has a responsibility to set a civil tone and to stop the endless hostility and constant negative and oftentimes false attacks and stories. Have to do it. At one point, the crowd began chanting, CNN sucks, but soon stopped as Trump continued speaking. Some on the far right have been quick to suggest that these attacks have been a so-called false flag operation orchestrated by Antifa or another leftist group. Rush Limbaugh promoted that conspiracy theory on his show, suggesting that it was actually a Democratic political operative who sent the devices, not a Republican, because, as he put it, quote, Republicans just don't do this kind of thing. A lot of thoughtful people from across the ideological spectrum are watching all of this play out with growing alarm. Take Martin Dempsey. The retired Army general was formerly chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He's a very sober-minded guy. He's not one for hyperbole. He also doesn't tweet very much. So I was really struck yesterday when I saw him post a quote from the 19th century poet James Russell Lowell. In the ocean of baseless... The deeper we get, the easier the sinking. Dempsey added, quote, We're swimming in dangerous, uncharted political waters, and we're sinking. He pointed out that given all the benefits that this great nation enjoys, 
This is both unimaginable and unacceptable. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, CIA Director Gina Haspel listened to the audio that purportedly captures the interrogation and killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi during her trip to Turkey this week. A person familiar with the audio said it was, quote, compelling and could put more pressure on the U.S. to hold Saudi Arabia accountable for the death of the Washington Post contributing columnist. And now that a top U.S. intelligence official has had access to the audio, Congress could soon demand that she come up to Capitol Hill to brief them on what she learned. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, of course, continues to deny having personal involvement in the killing, and he says he's determined to bring the real killers to justice. Now, Turkish officials aren't comparing him to O.J. Simpson, but they are publicly expressing doubt about the prince's commitment to a full investigation. Turkish President Erdogan spoke with Mohammed yesterday for the first time since Khashoggi's death. Their discussion came as Turkish investigators returned to the grounds of the Saudi consulate in Istanbul to search for the journalist's remains. Meanwhile, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani asserted overnight that Saudi Arabia never would have killed Khashoggi without being assured of protection from the United States. Number two, Trump has refused to stop using his two iPhones in the White House, despite repeated warnings from leaders of the U.S. intelligence community that both Chinese and Russian spies are routinely listening to his conversations. The New York Times reports today that White House officials say they can only hope the president resists the urge to discuss classified information when he's using the unsecure phones. American spy agencies tell Trump that they are 100 percent certain China and Russia are eavesdropping on his cell phone calls because they have human sources inside these foreign governments who are telling them about it. And they've also intercepted calls between leaders of those governments discussing stuff they've learned from eavesdropping on Trump's calls. U.S. spooks say that China is assiduously gathering information on how Trump thinks and who influences him the most. Beijing is then trying to use those insights to win the trade war against the United States. Among those on the list of Chinese targets are Stephen Schwartzman, the Blackstone Group chief executive, and Steve Wynn, the former Las Vegas casino magnate who used to own a lucrative property in Macau. The Chinese have identified friends of both those men and others among the president's regular contacts. They're now relying on Chinese businessmen and others with ties to Beijing to feed arguments to those guys, the friends of Trump's friends. The strategy is that those people will pass on what they're hearing and that Beijing's views will eventually be delivered to the president by voices he trusts. One official tells the Times that the Chinese are pushing for the friends to persuade Trump to sit down with Chinese President Xi Jinping as often as possible. Remember, Trump and Xi are scheduled to meet one-on-one at the G20 summit in Buenos Aires next month. Now, Trump's defenders in the White House say they don't think the president's spilling secrets on his iPhone because for decades he's been paranoid that all of his phone calls are being listened to anyway. White House sources also tell the Times that Trump rarely digs into the details of intelligence that's presented to him, so he's not well-versed on the operational specifics of military or covert activities. They hope that this reduces the chances he'll accidentally reveal sensitive sources and methods. Russia also is not believed to be running as sophisticated an influence operation as China because of Trump's apparent affinity for and coziness with Vladimir Putin. All the same, it's a far cry from Trump talking about Hillary Clinton's emails. Number three, the Dow plunged more than 600 points yesterday, officially wiping out all of 2018's gains and capping what appears to be the worst month for the markets in eight years. Wednesday's sell-off was largely blamed on the tech industry and a weaker-than-expected housing report. There was another big sell-off the day before, and that Tuesday decline was blamed on the Trump tariffs, 
which hurt Caterpillar, 3M, and automakers. The stock market's tumble further complicates one of Trump's favorite talking points on the campaign trail, the rise of the stock market. The drop also highlights the damage that the Trump tariffs are starting to inflict on our economy. As a result of the falling market, Trump has increasingly shifted his focus away from touting economic indicators back toward immigration and other divisive social issues where he feels he's on firmer ground with his base. And he's also trying more to assign blame to others for any economic setbacks. This week, for example, he stepped up his public attacks on Jerome Powell, who he appointed to run the Federal Reserve. Trump says that by raising interest rates, Powell is torpedoing the economy. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 25th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.